Hi everyone, welcome back to Knights of Ren Podcast, it's Allie. And today I am finally here to talk about The Rise of Skywalker. It has been more than a week since I saw the film, so I've had a time to digest, to reflect, to emotionally get my life back together, because believe me, I'm one of those people that this film did really, like, emotionally rock me to my core. And thankfully, I've given myself time to process, and I'm so grateful that as soon as I went on Twitter that night, there were immediately people rushing to my aid, and especially MC, who, bless her Discord, I am so antisocial currently because I'm just, like, in this weird mindset, but even just, like, being on that Discord and seeing other people's reactions in itself was so nice. So, before I get into everything, clearly this is going to be very spoiler-filled. I'm going to be discussing everything that takes place within this film and every aspect of it. I clearly do not believe there is any way I'm going to be able to unpack everything. However, I'm going to do my best. And I know it's been a long time and a lot of people trying to move on from everything. But I hope if you are choosing to listen to this that you do listen and understand. And I want to make clear... Whatever your opinions are on this film, whether you really loved it or you, you're you emotionally torn about it, like you can't pick a side, or you're just like devastated by it and you dislike the film to your core, I'm accepting of whatever you feel. Whatever you feel is valid and you should have the ability to feel that. So whatever, if you disagree with anything I say on here or if you agree with anything I say on here but you disagree with some other stuff or whatever, however you feel, I want to... Uh, acknowledge that you are valid and I understand. I don't want to fight with anyone. I don't want to make anyone feel like they aren't valid because whatever you feel and think is valid because we're all fans and we all have our own opinions on things and so clearly we can all feel about this film however we choose to. When I saw this film I went in with low expectations only because I knew if I went in with any expectations or any feelings. I tried to lower my expectations as much as possible. I went in so open-hearted because I, I wanted to take the film as it was. I knew if I went in with anything or if I longed for something too much or anything like that, I knew that it would be so crushing. And this film already crushed me, so I can't imagine what it would have been like for me if I had gone into that film with more So when I went to this film, like I said, I tried to not have certain opinions or beliefs before. As soon as the premiere, uh, the the blue carpet ended, I deleted Twitter. I logged out. I turned off social media. I basically blipped myself for the first time completely off of the internet because... I wasn't in school, I had no reason to be on devices, I spent, like, my days drawing and, like, doing other things to distract myself from what I knew was coming, and I gave myself, like, the space, because I I didn't want to go in with spoilers. I was not one of those people. I know there were people out there who stayed on Twitter, saw leaks, and had to deal with everything for a much longer period than those of us who avoided the leaks, and I feel... So bad for you all that you had to deal with and go through a couple extra days dealing with everything. But for me personally, I just didn't want any of that before I saw the film. I wanted to go in as blind as I could, which is an ironic statement because I did see that one leak like a long time ago that we all thought it was photoshopped, but it is fine. 
other than that, I wanted to go in as blind as possible. I didn't want anything else. So I got off Twitter, I got off the internet, and I went into this film as blindly as possible. I do remember getting in the film. I was so happy that day. Like, if you look at photos I posted before, like, I posted um, that night the photos I took before. I was so happy. I was so excited. I tried to go in so full of energy and joy, and I wanted to enjoy this film for whatever it was. And I did enjoy aspects of this film. Like, this is not, like, the worst film ever. I'm not, like, saying... I, I enjoyed aspects of this film. While I have lots of problems with it, I'm one of those people who feels very mixed. I'm gonna quote... I believe it was... Actually, I think most people on their podcasts have said this, especially Sky Talkers. It's, like, a film that has a lot of your favorite moments, but the film itself is... It's difficult for you to take in. It's difficult for me to take in. Because while it contains a lot of my favorite moments and I did find enjoyments a part of the parts of the film, I do still find a lot of critiques and I have a lot of opinions on certain things and certain aspects of this film. I do remember sitting in the theater and reading The Crawl and I was one of the people where The Crawl felt awkward for me. I don't know what it was, but something fell off and I was like, oh well. Well, I mean, like, it's a crawl, so like, I was like, oh, it's just a crawl, it's telling me exposition, that's like normal, it's kind of normal, like, that we're getting told this, like, it, but part of it just felt awkward for me because out of all the exposition they could have given us and then even the non-exposition-y stuff, like, it, it just felt awkward what we were being fed in there. But I, I, tr I tried to swipe it under the rug. And I kept watching. And throughout this film, like I said, I found enjoyment in parts. I enjoyed parts of it. And I also was emotionally devastated by parts. And I also found some parts to bring certain judgment. Like where I was critiquing the film. I found myself... I didn't want this to happen, but there were parts of it that just... The way that certain parts of this film played out, I found myself in the theater thinking about them and, like, analyzing. And I didn't want to be sitting in a theater analyzing. Like, that's what I wanted to come in a second viewing or after. Like, not the first viewing, but just the way certain things played out, I found myself, like, analyzing them. And I didn't like that. There was so much that happened in this film, but at the end, I wore... I wore my episode 9 beanie from the panel at Celebration. I was wearing the beanie. And by the end of the film, I pulled the beanie, like, over my eyes. Because I was I started crying. I literally, like, pulled the beanie down over my eyes to, like, hide my emotion. Because of the environment I was in. I believe that a lot of my feelings are not just because of my feelings on this film. But I feel like the environment I was in also kind of also really did impact my feelings in a large way. And I feel like maybe if I was in a different environment, maybe I would have felt a bit better about some things. But generally, just the environment I was in was negative. If you've been on Twitter and you saw my tweets after I saw the film, you know that I was was sitting next to my dad, um, dad and brother. We were at like the end of an aisle. My brother was sitting at the end of the aisle and my dad was sitting next to him and I was sitting at like the innermost side of the aisle. And the guys next to me, from the second we sat down, kept talking about how much they wanted Ray to die, how much they hated Ray, and I knew at that second, I knew in my heart that I was not going to get through, like, this was not going to be the experience 
in any way, shape, or form I hoped it would be. Because even if I found enjoyment throughout the entire film, there was always this negative presence there. Throughout the film, I'm a Raylo, so whenever Ben and Ray were on screen or there was anything Raylo, of course I started freaking out and getting happy. This guy laughed at me, like, every time, every single time. And I, I tried to ignore it, but then the ironic part was, every he was clearly, like... I don't know if he was pro Finn Ray or whatever, but like whenever Finn, or, Finn and Ray have one of their weird like Ray, I need to tell you something moments, or just any general like Finn and Ray interaction, he like he laughed, but he laughed in a way where it was like he chipped it, but he didn't. I don't know. It was weird, and I was just like, okay, so I can't tell if you're a Finn Ray or something, but you're obviously just anti my shipping, which was already a negative effect alongside their constant hate on Ray, and that was really not fun. So just that environment, and even like when the kiss happened, tons of people around me were booing and saying how ridiculous it was, and I was cheering, but like everyone around me, and then I hear in the back of the theater, there's like girls cheering, and I'm like, why the fudge of all you have to be in the back? Like, why can't I be in the back with you guys? I'm stuck in the front with all these like guys who are laughing and booing. I'm like, well, this is, this is fine. <laughs> but like, there was just a lot of negative tension in the theater. And I think in a way that really did damper on my already emotionally unstable mood. And by the end of the film, I had dealt with all of this negative environment and every emotionally draining and emotionally triggering thing that had happened in this film. So I was just, I felt numb. When the credits rolled, I sat there with my beanie over my face and I felt numb. I couldn't process any feelings. I walked out of the theater, I heard some guy in the corner say he was glad that Rose was in the film less, and I just, I was so emotionally charged, it took every ounce of me not to punch him because I was just literally done. I was so drained, and I didn't know what I thought, because in the beginning I was, like, enjoying things, and I was feeling excited. And this is why I feel like I don't want to, like, I thought that everything was fine. I had critiques, but I was finding enjoyment. But by the end, there was just so much that had happened and so many things that just felt so strange to me that I felt so numb to it all. I didn't know how I felt about the film. I didn't know. All I knew was I was grieving. I could tell that's what the emotional pain was coming from. I had remembered how I reacted to Kanan's death. And I was feeling the similar kind of pain and that confusion and conflicted feelings and denial. And I felt it all and I broke down and it was painful because both my dad and my brother really enjoyed the film, talking about how much I loved it. And I, like I said, I respected their opinions and I nodded and I, I just... I was alone in the fact that I was the only one who felt this way around that me me at that time. And that night, I went on Twitter, I got support, I stayed up that entire night. I did not sleep that night. I was crying. 
pretty much that whole night. I just felt numb and emotionally drained. I was so thankful I didn't have school the next day like my brother because I was able to stay up all night and know there would be no repercussions <laughs> other than feeling like complete crap the next day. So as I get into this, I want you to all have that acknowledgement of that. It's taken a long time to process everything this film gave us. And I know that there are many of you who feel very similar. And I know there are people out there who had even more of a connection to this character and even more of a connection to certain aspects of the story as you may be related to it even to certain aspects of the story even more than I did. So I know there are people out there who felt even stronger about this than I did. And I know there's tons of people out there who saw the leaks. And I went back and I went on Twitter advanced search and I looked up tweets from the night of the premiere and I saw people seeing the leaks. I saw tweets, like I looked up tweets from people I knew and I saw the devastation and the pain and I I couldn't imagine how people had spent all that extra time processing the film when I, like, hadn't, like, when I was still off Twitter and stuff. And outside of my own feelings, it's, I think, in many ways, the most difficult to see so many other people besides me who are hurt and who are grieving and who are conflicted. In many ways, I not only went into this film wanting to be satisfied because it's the end of the saga, end of stories, end of this journey, not only in that way, but I had, like, my own reasons. Because, like, even going back to Celebration, that panel, it was one of the best experiences I had at Celebration. One of, And I quoted it as, like, I quoted it that night, that Monday night, as, like, one of my the best experiences of, like, my year. And it was the one experience at Celebration that was in any way, shape, or form tainted by my ex. And I I wanted to keep that, and I wanted this... I selfishly wanted things to be good because I wanted to have that experience still be valid. I didn't want to feel conflicted like I do because I knew if I did, then this experience would have that cloud over it. And yet... For me, it does, and I think that's unfortunate. But I do want to say that if you did enjoy this film, like I said, you're valid, and I understand. And however you choose to process however you feel is valid. And I'm here for anyone else who still is feeling pain. I am currently in MC's Discord along with several group chats, those containing, like, a Ray Lowe slash Ben Morning group, a general discussion where I'm trying to mix myself with people of all types, like, people who love the film and people who didn't, so I'm in a more general group discussion as well. I'm trying to process my feelings on all levels, and I think that's the best thing to do is because we're all fans, and I know what it was like to have people who disliked The Last Jedi, like, the way they treated my friends and I after that film. And so I, in no way, shape, or form, wanted my disagreements with the choices J.J. Abrams made of, with this film to cause me to act differently. And so with that, I'm trying to continue to circulate myself with and accept whatever opinions anyone has.
But on that note, let's get into mine. So, obviously, not just with the story, but, like, one of the most important aspects of a film are the characters. And I re-listened to my my final trailer breakdown podcast episode, and a lot of that episode I talked about how I was really excited to see where all of the characters would go, specifically Rose, Ray, and Ben. And sadly, in this film, Rose was done an ultimate disservice. It has been reported recently that Rose only got about, like, I believe it was a minute and 16 seconds of a screen time out of the however long, two hour, whatever minute film. And that just goes to show what we all saw. Because we all already saw it when we saw the film. We saw how much the film deserves her. And not only was she cut down in the film, but for much of the film, it felt like like her place in this film was so one-sided and determined. Like it was all it was most of it was this same kind of interaction with Finn, but it wasn't even like any kind of connection. And I I I'm totally a Finpo. I don't really ship them, but like I don't ship Finn and Rose, but like their interactions, it was still just so I don't even know the words for it. It was so, like, simple. It was the same kind of, like, repetition kind of banter, but it was, like, so short and so cut up. And she had, like, her reasons for not being on the main adventure. And from the second she said that, I knew she wasn't going to be in this film much. I knew. I, I think I could tell from the very first interaction she had in this film that I was like, oh... Dear God, what are they doing with Rose in this film? Because I was so excited to see because, like, she's a commander now. And, like, we've gotten that information prior to the film. And we were, we'd were we all just come off the high of Rosember. And it was just a big thing that I, a, lot of, a lot of people, me included, were excited for. And so it was so hard to see the way she was treated in this film. And especially because so much of her arc... No matter how you feel about her in The Last Jedi, so much of her arc echoed, her arc and her character echoed so much of Star Wars and the themes of hope and family and saving what we love. And also she echoed another one of the themes, which I want, I will touch on later when we get to talking about Rey, but one of the themes that was brought up through The Last Jedi especially about how you can be anyone in the galaxy and you can still have an impact and you're still important to what's happening in the story and you can come from anywhere and anything and you can become and you are worth it and you can fight and you can have an impact and you belong and so much of that was so strong and it resonated with so many people me included so to see her underutilized and kept in this this kind of box in this film it was so hard to see and she's only there to like save Finn again and banter with Finn a few times like it's similar to the last jedi but it's cut so small and it's kept so simply to those two points where 
it just goes to show how underutilized she was. And I said this on Twitter the other day, but I remember that celebration when the photo of Ray and Rose came up on the screen. Everyone yelled with joy. In general, JJ was talking about how out of everything Ryan Johnson gave him, how much of a gift Kelly Marie Tran was out of everything. So to see the way she was ultimately used in this film after he dedicated all that to her in that panel and in general and all of everything that surrounds Kelly Marie Tran, after everything, it was so devastating to see the the effect, the end product of the film. And it kind of lets those people who did bring the hate down upon Rose and Kelly, it lets them win in that way. Because even if that's not why J.J. reduced her role, it seems that way. Because just like the guy who's walking out of the film and talked about how happy he was that Rose was in the film list, you're just letting those people win. And whether that was his intention or not, that is what it seemed to many people, and that is what ultimately will be the implications, because we had no other reason for her to be reduced in this way. And you can't say it was because she had the study. That was her excuse in the film, but did it really have any impact on the film? No, it didn't. It really didn't. Like, there was no moment then where she's like, oh, I studied this, so now I can save the day. No, there was no moment like that. So, ultimately, her role in this film, she was only sidetracked. She was sidetracked from the main plot, and she was cut out as a result. And out of any arc that was tampered with in this film, I think that was definitely one of the most devastating. Another arc that was negatively impacted, I believe, a lot so, was Finn's. While I did enjoy him connecting with Janna over their similarities, much of this film he had, and other people have said this too, but he had reverted back kind of to his previous self, like TFA or like TLJ, just any of that kind of previous arc. He he spends so much of this film tied to Ray, and people have talked about how Ray and Finn had like more interactions than like Ben and Ray, and like not only that, but like he is so kept in this box of needing to tell Ray something. And this was like one of the moments where the guy next to me, who whether he was a Finn Ray or not, he was freaking out all about all this, and. The way it was played off and the way the audience reacted to it, you could tell they believed it was a romantic implication, and even I felt the fear of that, and I'm like, no, you're not, you are not going with Finray, JJ, what the frick are you doing? <laughs> so, I was tense, and the people around me were freaking out, and it was a mess, but, like, that was where he was kept for a lot of this film. And because of that, there was, like, no room for him to be much more than that. So much of his arc was driven by needing to tell Ray this thing. And while we all know, pretty much know now, that that's, that he's Force-sensitive, and we get hints of that later in the film, even then, like, like I said with Rose, there's ultimately no ending impact of this. Like, yes, Janna and Finn are like, 
oh, we did this because of the Force. But even then, that does another disservice. Because so much of the whole thing with Finn and Janna, we want them to make that choice because it's their choice. But now JJ's making it like, oh, they made this choice because the Force told them to. And that takes away so much of the agency of Finn and Janna. And as a result, you're using the Force again as a reason for things. And that limits so much of the character development. Not just, like, the character development, but, like, like the characters' choices and power and their stories. I mean, it's... So, like, what I was saying before with Finn being kept to this, so not only does he limit his past arcs in that way by making it where the Force was a reason for all of this, but ultimately, him needing to tell Rey he was Force-sensitive, his Force-sensitivity didn't even really... It didn't make a difference. Like, yes, he... There were certain times where he's like, oh, I feel this, I feel this, and I can make this choice, but, like... It felt so simple and so, like, it felt so one-sided. And, like, yes, he's more sensitive. And, like, there's a way I feel like you could get that across. And even if they, he just said, oh, I feel this. Like, when they were trying to find Rey when she was on the Star Destroyer. Like, even if it was that, even if it was that way, like, you could still do that. And the audience is still smart enough where I believe like, people like me, I believe we could pick up on that and guess what that is without us needing to have Finn telling Ray constantly, I need to tell you something, which in the end doesn't even get clarified in the film what that was. While people suspected it, ultimately, it was not, like, clarified in any way until after the film was released. And so you're just really simplifying him as a character and his arc and you're giving excuses for his choices, and it's it's another way of taking a character who is one of these characters where you're like, oh, they're making, like, they made, like, this choice because they felt it was right. But no, it's now because of this thing telling them to. And while, yes, the Force is, like, everywhere in the galaxy and is very integral in many ways to Star Wars... You don't need every character to be making choices because of it. Characters should be able to have their own agency and make their own choices. And so going off of Finn, I'm going to transition into new characters. And like I said with Janna, it's very similar to Finn in that way. Because while it was very awesome to see them connecting over that, to have it be because of the force and the feeling, it limits that conversation and it limits their choices. And another part of their arc is they talk about it dry continues to drive this point of oh stormtroopers are human and stormtroopers come from everywhere and they are capable of turning and deciding for whatever reason that what they're doing is wrong. But in this film, they're still killing stormtroopers left and right. And my dad, this was one of the first things my dad said after the film that he's like. They're still going on and killing stormtroopers like nothing's wrong. And I'm like, yeah, they are. Like, yeah, you're humanizing characters, but at the same time, you're still continuing to dehumanize by allowing these characters who are establishing that these people are so human 
that they can still so easily kill and take the lives away of these people that they are saying are human. And that ultimately, it really has a negative impact on the characters. And a lot of people, like, going back to the, oh, maybe you don't like this film because of the wants. Like, yes, people wanted a Stormtrooper Rebellion, but even without that, through the choices J.J. made with dialogue and with choice, like, the general choices of the film, even though you don't have the Stormtrooper Rebellion, and he still tried to add in elements of Stormtroopers rebelling, even with what he added... If anything, he only leaves that negative effect as he leaves the damper in the characters' arcs and their choices. So yes, while I did enjoy, I enjoyed Janna, and I enjoyed Finn, and I enjoyed their interactions, but we had this element. And not only that, but in that way, some people have said, like, it feels like Janna replaced Rose in that way. And while, yes, with Janna, you get that dynamic of them being ex-stormtroopers, you're still, it, I could still tell, like, I'm like, why is she hearing that road? Like, they had, like, a similar kind of interactions to how Rose and Finn did in Last Jedi. So while it may not have been intentional, it can come off as that. But, like, I not, it's nothing against Janna. Naomi did an amazing job with what she was given, and I enjoyed her character, and I enjoyed that, that their interactions. But, like, it's, I just still could not get past me those things. And that's what I feel are the two biggest blows to the, their arcs. So then we also got, I'm going to quickly name off the other like side characters before I get to the, uh, <laughs> the shipping thing. Um, so we also got Babu Frick, Dio, and Claude, and uh, Claude, well, let's see, hmm, so how many of us were very excited for Claude, so what did we get, I think we got one scene with Claude, and there was, everyone was laughing, and I was there like, oh yes, it's Claude, Ooh. but like, we didn't get much Claude, that was, that was about it, that was, that was, that was about all the Claude we got, we got, we got a joke, he's just there on the Falcon for, for, for some reason, who knows why, I mean, maybe he's just there to help them out. Like, okay. <laughs> so we got we got Claude. We got Dio, which is voiced by J.J. Abrams. I saw a tweet last night about how, oh, Dio has a troubled past and, like, he gets to live out his life and be alive and everything's all good with his life, but, like, Ben doesn't. And everyone in the comments is like, oh, it's because J.J. Abrams voiced Dio, so J.J. gets what he wants. And I was like, yeah... Outside of that, like, nitpickiness, like, Dio was fine. Like, Dio was good old, good old plot convenience. I mean, like, giving them some, some helpful information. Like, I mean, it was out of, out of, like, everything. I think it was great that BBA got, like, a new friend. But if anything, it did just side continue to sidetrack R2. But I think that element in itself was adorable. Like, seeing BBA and Dio interact was adorable. But then, Dio still comes out and continues to be a plot device. And I'm like... And it was, like, clear how much of a plot device he was. Because he, he, he fed information. And they were like, oh, here's the, the information we got. And, like... I don't know. I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> uh, 
But outside of that plot convenience, I did enjoy it. He was cute, and his interactions with BB-8 were cute, but he better not get in the way of BB-8 and CB-23, otherwise I will be mad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, 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 so. <clears throat> Alright, and then Bobby Frick was, like, out of the free, the best, definitely. Bobby Frick, while, yes, he progressed the plot, he was awesome, and... And great, and out of those three, I think he's the best. That's it. Moving on. Just want to move on because I am t- talking too much already. All right. So now, now let's <clears throat> let's aggressively rub hands. All right. <clears throat> so it was blatantly clear how much they did not want Finn and Poe to be together. How much. They did not want Poe to be gay. They tried so hard by shoving this Zori Poe romance down our throats. It was so blatant and obvious, and it hurt. It hurt not only because I shook Finn and Poe, but because of how blatantly they did it. Because constantly we were getting this, and it's like, ah, just, I don't know. That whole, their whole interaction, like, yes, I have a friend who ships them, and I respect her opinions, but I personally cannot stop cringing every time. I, like, they came on screen and they interacted. I was just like, <laughs> like when they, the planet exploded, I was just like, oh no, Poe. Like, I didn't even, I was just like, oh no, Poe, he's gonna be sad. And then when they, when they reunited, I was just like, oh, great. More, more, cho- more, more, no, more Finn Poe, because she's still here. Oh, yay. Oh, like, sarcastically, I was just like, alright, okay. But, like, uh, yeah, she helped her, she helped get us to Babu Frick, but, like, so much of her character was just like, and, and then we get into, like, the whole screw-over with the story group, with, like, oh, so Poe's just suddenly a freaking spice runner now? Like, where did that come from? Who knows? And it was hammered so hard as a joke, and yes, we were laughing, and yes, I laughed. I'm sorry, I thought it was funny, and then I sat there, and I thought about it, and I'm like, wait, what the frick? They just sort of screwed over their canon story material, and I was just like, oh, Okay, so, so this is great. See, that's another thing. Like, I, in the moment, in the spur of the moment with this film, there were, like, several things where I really, like, I would laugh or enjoy it or let myself get invested. And then I was just, I thought about it. Because, like I said, I, I caught myself analyzing this during this film. I thought about some things and then I was like, wait, that doesn't, that doesn't make sense. Or that, that doesn't, like, have the impact I thought it did. But, like, I don't know. It's just so much of their interactions were like, oh, Poe was a spice runner, and oh, I have feelings for her and stuff, and I, I'm sad. I'm sad to leave. Which, by the way, like she literally had no reason not to go with them. The only reason it felt like she didn't go with them was because they needed that like dramatic tension where Poe is like, oh no, she's gone. So sad, like, they needed more of that romantic drama tension, and I'm like, okay, like, good for you, <laughs> but, like, oh, dear, it was painful, and I just did not ship them. I think that's the first ship in Star Wars where I just have not been on board, like, even with Finn and Rose, I was, like, 
okay. But, like, this, I was just like, um, no. <laughs> like, this is just too blatant and too obvious. And it crushed my heart because I wanted Finn Poe. And I know Oscar Isaac wanted Finn Poe. And we all just wanted it. But it it, it didn't it didn't happen. And it was it was very sad. And I, I, I'm still sad. Okay. Now, we also... So, I remember watching the film, and, like, they're having that whole big battle scene, and suddenly, on screen, we get the cis troop. Like, the cis troopers just show up, and I remember sitting in my seat in the theater and being like, oh, right, they exist. And then I was like, then I sat there, and I was like, wait, weren't they supposed to be, like, a big part of this film? Why am I only just now seeing them? And this is, like, the third act of the movie. And I'm like, um, what? Why are you only just now here? Like, there was so much marketing with the cis troopers. And they were like, oh, it's, oh, it's the new toy. And it's, it's, it's marketing everywhere. And here's another cis trooper. And oh, look how cool the cis troopers are. And ooh. And then we get them for, like, we get them for, like, one second. Okay, maybe more than one second, but, like, we barely get them, like, at all. And I was so shocked when they showed up, because they just, they, they don't play, like, any role in this film, except for, like, okay, they're at the battle, because they're, like, Sith troopers, but, like, gah. I'm like, what? I don't know. It was just... So much of the characters that were introduced in this film and stuff, it was just so... Uh, like, even, like, the Jet Troopers got more screen time than the Sith Troopers. And the Jet Troopers, yes, they got that clip before the film was released, but, like, they got way less marketing than the Sith Troopers. And I do not understand, but it is fine. They need to sell their Sith Trooper toys. Yay. Okay. Okay. So, outside of characters, not only was this film, like, very jam-packed to the core with stuff, but it was, like, clear how much fan service was there. And I don't know how, like, some of it, I'm like, aw, and some of it, I'm like, yay, and then some of it, I'm like, what the fudge, why, why, like, do you just, do you need that, do you, okay, you need that, and like, yes, it's the end of the saga, yes, you like, I like nostalgia, and I like, I like Easter eggs, and I like cool fun times, but like, I don't need it excessively shoved at me, because then, if anything, it just makes me more emotionally depressed as I realize, oh, we're doing all this because it's the end of the saga, and it just, it takes away from the story that's happening here and now, because you're spending and devoting so much time to these moments, and not even, like, not even, like, connecting them very deeply, like, you're just having them there, there for fan service, and it's not, like, it's not much more than that, and that's, that is the unfortunate part, because you would wish they would be more. It's like, like, the audience was like, it's funny because, like, for a lot of these, the audience would laugh. Like, you would think the audience would cheer, but, but my audience, my audience, they laugh. Like, when, when Chewie got his medal, the audience was just like, ha ha ha, oh, that, that's funny, because they're, they're trying to make up for what they did last time. Like, ah, uh, I don't know, and then, like, 
the biggest, like, literally Ray going to Tatooine and us getting that nostalgia punch. But, like, I and so many others were already so emotionally depressed by then that, like, uh, did not land. It just did not. We were like, what the fudge is she doing on another fudging desert planet? But no, we had to have, like, our nostalgic shots of Tatooine. It's like, alright, that's fine. <laughs> and then... One of the most blatant ones that a lot of people have said is they literally have, like, holdo maneuvers. They have a fan-made term in the movie. It's almost like, like, let's say that one time, like, let's say Finn just comes up to Rey and is like, Rey, what's, what's Raylo? <laughs> like, what if Finn just came up to her and I was like, Rey, what's Raylo? And then, because, like, let's say, oh no, the characters made up a ship name for them because they shipped them or something. I don't know. That's just weird. It's like having something like that. Like, that's a fan-made term. And then having holdo maneuvers in there, it's like, okay, great, cool, you love the fans, JJ, but, like, that's a fan-made term. It does not make sense to be in this universe. Like, if anything, it makes what Holdo did less meaningful because you make it sound like something that we can just do whenever and, like, it's no big deal when it's literally sacrificing a life and it's also was talked about about how, like, oh, challenging it is to replicate. Like, uh, just, like, it, it just feels so unnatural. And it's just another one of those fan servicing moments. But there were, like, certain moments that I did enjoy. Like, like the freaking chess scene in the beginning. I was like, oh, this is so cute. It's funny. And I laughed and I enjoyed it. And I liked it. There were, there were fan service moments where I was just like, yes, this is good. Like, but it was to the point of how many and how much it works. There was already so much in this film. And it just added more to the film that left you less time to process what was happening. And I think that is one of the most difficult parts. Okay. So, another, like, fan... If you, like... My brother even said this to me the other day. He's like, did J.J. Abrams or whoever just, like, look at fan videos and fan theories and just, like, throw in everything? And another one of those was um, Hux being the spy, because this is another one of the many things that were in this film that we, people have been theorizing for a while, and, like, joking about, and whatever, but, like, when it happened in my film, no one was shocked, everyone just laughed, everyone's like, oh, it's, it's Hux, that's so funny, he's a spy, ha ha ha, like, I, 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 no one was, no one was shocked by that, and then, not only was he the spy, but then the fact that, oh, he's the spy because he, oh, not to help them because, but just because he wants to know Kylo Ren. Like, Hux, Hux was great in this film. Like, yeah, he was pointless because he just gets killed off and, yeah, he helps him a little, but, like, bleh. But, like, he, he was funny. He brought some joy to this emotionally charging film and, like, it, it, it was fine. But, like, uh, it was just, it was one of those moments where my brother was like, because uh, he also, he sent me, like, a video on Hux being a spy, and then he also sent me a video about, like, Palpatine being Ray's parents. He's like, Allie, this is blowing up. Did JJ watch this video and, like, implement it? I'm like, I, I, I literally, like, looked at him, and I was like, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if he did. Like, I would not be surprised. Like, at this point, based on how much there was, I was in the mood mindset where I was like, eh, maybe he 
hate it. Like, I don't know. I'm gonna touch on the Ray, the Ray Palpatine thing in a, in a second, but, like, that's just what I think. Like, that's fan service-wise. Like, there was just a lot. And while some of it felt nostalgic and was cute and I laughed and made the film more enjoyable, it was to the point where it, it became, like, too much and too played. And instead, I was sitting there like, oh, wait! We, we, we've been speculating about that. We've been speculating about this. Oh, look, it's a fan term. Like, it, it shouldn't be that like that. It should be like, oh, oh my god. Like, that's a callback to blank. Oh, I love that. That's amazing. But instead, it was just like, oh, oh, it's a, it's, it's a fan thing. Oh, oh, look, it's a callback. Like, it, it didn't feel, to me, it didn't feel as genuine. And I, that's unfortunate. I, I think I touched, I'm looking at my notes here. I think I touched on Finn and Poe. A good amount. Like I said, it's mostly just a damper on their arcs and a dismissal of their previous canon established material. But I will say, like I said with Finn, I did enjoy some of his interactions with Jana. With Poe, what I did enjoy with Poe, though some people could say, like, oh, this is just him going reverting back to TLJ. Um like I did enjoy that moment when Leia had passed and Poe was like made the new general and he had to take on that leadership role. While that can be seen as repetitive in a way, it, I liked it because I felt that in that way it was closing up that arc because for so much of Last Jedi, Poe had been needing to be taught to take the step back, to listen to, like, think things through more. And then by the end of Last Jedi, he was more so taking on a way of leading and helping them get out. And then by doing this in this film where Leia passes and he has to take on that role, he really gets that emotional impact of all of his build-up and all of his learning coming to this moment where he has to take what he's learned and he has to stand up for others and inspire others and make the plans to achieve what they need to. And I personally think out of every character arc in this film, that was one of the ones that I will note was impactful and I do believe was good. Because it really did call back to what was established in Last Jedi. And I thought it closed that up well. And out of any of the characters in relation to Leia, I think Poe and Leia had the most full circle arc in that way. And even though she had passed in that moment, just him taking on that role and having to take everything from the past and push it forward, I do think was meaningful and I think was really good. With C-3PO in this film, a lot of us had been constantly speculating about the red eyes and trying to figure things out and what what is maybe with memories and blah, 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 and like what is going on. Ultimately, it all kind of like we didn't it was kind of what we were suspecting with memories, but we, I, okay, so the, over the summer, I watched, like, the Steven Universe movie, and I loved it, it was the best, but it was, like, a large part of it was about, like, amnesia, and, like, the characters forgetting everything, and then this was happening to C-3PO, and I'm like, oh, and so when it happened, I had come off of that high of the characters getting their memories back, I'm like, Oh, there's no way this is permanent. Like, he's gonna get his memories back. Like, they even threw in that line where they're like, Oh, wait, C-3PO, doesn't R2 have your memories? And C-3PO's like, Oh, no! 
no, 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 he's, he probably doesn't, he's, like, not good at that or whatever. And then, whoop-dee-doo, in the end, or two does have his memories, everything's fixed. Like, I saw it coming, but I still did, like, feel the emotional weight of that moment, because out of every character, like, C-3PO has been with us constantly and so long, and it's that emotional impact of, because he has gone through so much in the saga, and I did still feel the emotional weight of that moment, so yes, wow, I did see, like, oh, this will be fixed, I could tell, I still felt the emotional weight of that moment, which I do like that I, I felt that still, and my dad even asked, like, my dad was still confused, I was like, well, he's like, why didn't see through me, his eyes turned red, I'm like, I think it's because he's reading a Sith language, I think that's what that was, <laughs> but, of course, everything's fine in the end, but, like, I don't know, my dad was like, I kind of wish he was, like, permanent for longer. I'm like, yeah, I think some other people did too. And it's like, it's similar to Dark Ray in that way. It's like, oh, look, here's something dark and sinister being hinted in the trailers. And then it only exists for, like, a short period of time. Okay. Okay, let's move on to Lando, I guess. So, I have mixed feelings about Lando in this film. Like, I was, it was funny, because, like, when, when he first showed up, on Basana. I thought it was Zoria at first, because it's like, oh, it's a masked character, even though it didn't look like Zoria. I was just like, oh, it's a masked character. Here's Zori. And then it wasn't Zoria. I was like, oh, it's Lando. So that was a shock value for me, I guess. It was just so much of where he was in this film felt weird, because I understood, like, I understood everything regarding why he was on Pasana in regards to, like, what he explained. However, then he decides to stay on Pasana, and, like, we get the, the, the general, like, oh, I'm too old for this kind of thing that we get a lot with from, like, the older characters. Like, we've gotten this with a number of other characters in films before where they're like, oh, I'm too old for this sort of thing. Blah, blah, blah. That was, like, acceptable, I guess, because it's like, oh, yeah, okay, you're old. But, like, then he comes back later with no explanation whatsoever, and it's just like, okay, so he's here now? That's odd. Like, <laughs> but, like, it just felt so out of nowhere, especially after you made the time to give this excuse of why he wasn't going to be here. It's like trying to limit your characters, and while, yes, like, oh, having too many characters on screen, it's, like, too overwhelming, or blah, 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 blah or maybe by having Lando here, we're drawing time away from the other characters, and, yeah, that's good, but, like, you were giving more attention to the other characters, or whatever the choice was, but in the end, it made the, like, choices and what he said feel so awkward because of how he just ended up showing up in the end with no explanation. And then, I think one of the most annoying parts for um, me and others um, was in The Last Jedi, Leia calls out for help. She reaches out to all corners of the galaxy asking for help and support in their time of need, and no one comes. No one shows up, and they all feel lost and defeated, but they themselves are able to fight with no help, and they, they manage to escape, and everything's okay. But then in this film, everyone's like, oh, but we have small numbers, and blah, 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 blah. and it's, again, it's, like, drawing back to this, like, fear that we're not enough, and that's so similar to what has already been hammered in so many times. But then through all the other content of Star Wars, we've kind of been establishing that, like, no matter how small of a force you have, 
you're still able to accomplish so much. And so at first I thought like, oh, they're just going to draw that home again because that's what they do in many um, kinds of materials. And while that was annoying me at first, I was like, oh, okay, so that's just a repetition of that theme. And then I'm like, oh, and then I, I was like, oh, the shot in the trailer, maybe they just somehow hear about what's happening. And that's what inspires people. But no, instead we get, oh, Lando, L- Lando's going to go out and and he'll get people He'll, like, call for help and stuff. And immediately, I was like, wait, but, like, we, we, we tried that last film. We tried calling out for help, and no one came. And I, I don't know, I'm not sure if I remember or not if the characters acknowledge this or not, but even the audience themselves can acknowledge this. But Lando still goes, and then we're on, and we're in the middle of this battle, and everything's, like, going crazy, and, and then Lando shows up with everyone from the trailer, like, all of the ships show up with Lando. And by doing that, not only are you, like, you're having a negative impact on that theme I was talking about before, but you're undermining Leia because Leia called out for help and no one came. But when Lando calls out for help, everyone comes. And this is, this undermines Leia. This can show, like, difference in gender through how Leia's a female and Lando's a male. It just has negative implications. And instead of feeling happy, you feel confused. And I was so focused on the ghost in that moment and hoping I'd see a Rebels, like a Rebels Easter egg, that I didn't think about that. But after the film, when I was processing everything, I could not stop thinking about that. And I was like, that just feels so wrong. So, while I enjoyed him in this film, it just, everything felt so, like, he fed into these negative arcs. Like, another one of the negative arcs he he goes into is, in the end, he asks Jana, like, her, about her family. She's like, oh, I don't, I don't know, like, where my family is, or blah, blah, blah. And then he encourages her to, like, find her family. And then I'll touch on this with Ray too, but like this ties into the arc that like you need to find your family, and especially females, because like we've never like throughout these three films, we haven't really seen like a male being encouraged to like find their family, but like this is just another one of the females that are being encouraged to find out about their lineage and find their family. And that that arc and the arc about in regards to finding support. Both of those arcs are so negatively impacted by him is that like while I enjoy him being there, it's it leaves that negative shadow. I think that's so unfortunate. Oh dear. Alright, so now Oh now I'm gonna get into Ray and then. Oh dear. It's been eight days, but a lot of this stuff is still so raw in so many ways. And Okay. So with Ray and Ben, let's focus on Ray first because I'm not ready. <laughs> With Ray, I think one of like definitely the most like difficult pills to swallow with Ray in this film is family and lineage. So much of the Last Jedi, like I said earlier, drives home the theme of being anyone in the galaxy. 
and still being able to make a difference, take a stand on your own. You can come from nothing and you can still find power within yourself and make a difference. And it's okay that you're not connected or if you come from nothing, you're still worth it and you can still make a difference. However, this film completely throws that away. Not only with Rose and with Jana, like I talked about before with Jana, being told to find her family. With Ray, we are told, we are blatantly, she's blatantly connected to a powerful, well-known lineage. So much of Last Jedi focused on Rey accepting that she didn't come from a lineage, that, like, her parents were nobodies, that, like, she, her parents left her, and she was alone, but, like, she, and she accepted her, and it seemed in the end that she could, she could just be her, and she was accepted for herself, and this resonated with so many people, including me, because it leaves that relatability for so many people. Yet in this film, that is taken away from us. That is so quickly taken away from us because immediately we are hinted like she's not who you think she is by Palpatine. And as soon as he said that, I got like this gut punch because I'm like, why do we need that? What? I, my mind was immediately racing with, like, what it could be. And I every possible thing I could think of, including I kind of did think about Ray Palpatine, I, everything I could think of, I, it felt so wrong because it felt like it contradicted Ray's entire arc. So, obviously, I did not like this choice. And it was one of the choices in the film that I just really cannot get past because... Not only does it mess with so many, all of the thematic themes, but it's like, like tying back to the gender thing I said again, like, I just, it's just so unfortunate that that choice was made and that then so much of the film is driven by that lineage and by that realization. And it really just undermines everything that was established before with her. And then even then... She does everything in her power to deny this lineage. And it's like, yes, good, you can still be yourself and you don't need to ignore, like, you don't need to focus on this lineage. But, like, it's already been so hard served to us by her being told it, by her shooting lightning at the transport on Basana, by... Everyone, like, around, like, around, like, Ky like, with Kylo and Palpatine and everyone dwelling on this knowledge and it being such a major playing factor in this film, it's just so unfortunate. And then in the end, yes, she continues to deny this lineage and the whole message is, like, her accepting that she can be whoever she is despite her lineage and while that is a good message it is too clouded by the fact that she needed that lineage in the first place it is fine for her to accept she can accept being whoever she wants to be 
without needing that lineage. But that lineage, it only drives the plot. Her whole character arc, it's the same, minus instead of trying to be okay with being nobody, she's trying to ignore what she's being told she is. I I have a lot of thoughts and feelings with this. It's It's hard because it disrupts so many themes and her arc and it's I just do not think it works just in general it felt awkward people laughed I was people laughed or were confused and not confused like shocked like excited shocked but like shocked and confused like why like what why is this a thing what is happening? Like, I even remember, even though I kind of considered it at a point when Palpatine said she's not who you think she is, even when I, though I considered it, I still sat there and was like, why? Why is that? Like, and I just, I don't know. And the fact that, like, it takes away so much agency from everything Ryan Johnson worked on, and I, that, that is so hard for me to swallow. It's such a hard pill to swallow. Because so many of the themes that were built up for so many characters and so much of the general thematic workings of Star Wars, it's just such a negative blow. And if it was fan service, like my brother thinks it was, that is devastating. Like, that makes it even more painful because uh, it's just hard. It's hard. I don't like it. I, I don't. And then... Not only this, but in the end, she can't even come to accept being just her. She accepts a lineage that's not hers. Only because she feels like, in a way, by people determining her lineage and, like, people telling her her lineage in this film, it's like she's told in a way that she has to have like, a lineage and a purpose. Like, she has to come from somewhere. And, obviously, until we get, like, the novelization or something, we won't know for sure why she said Ray Skywalker. Like, we can make assumptions with her seeing Luke and Leia and feeling like, oh, they are, like, parental figures or something like that. But, like, the fact that she had to make that identification, it's... it's and... I remember when I was sitting in the film at first, I so thought she was going to say Solo. Like, I thought that would be, like, my final, like, Raylo goodbye moment. Because I was already, like, bawling my eyes out because Ben was gone. And I didn't understand, like, why that choice was made, which I will get to in a second. But I was like, okay, maybe, maybe she'll, like, say Ben Solo. Because, like, she felt that he was the one person who was, like... Out of anyone who was, like, always there for her and she felt a connection with and da-da-da. I so expected Solo to come out. And, like, I wanted it to be Solo or no one. I did not want Skywalker. Solo, I only wanted Solo in that moment because of my devastation over Ben's loss. When I reflected more and I grieved and I, I moved forward... I realized how much I kind of wished it, she just had not taken on a lineage. In that moment, that was my gut reaction. But when it, she said Skywalker, it just felt so wrong to me. 
And that's when I realized, walking out of the theater, I was, like, the rise of Skywalker. I kept saying that in my head the whole way home as I was crying. Mixed with all of my thoughts of denial of what had happened. The rise of Skywalker. I, like, like it was, like, bearing down on me. Because I was realizing, cause for so long, so long, we had connected that to Ben and his redemption and him rising and we had all hoped that's what it would be and that made sense because that's what it seemed like his character was building up to and what the story was building up to as he could finally come in and redeem his bloodline that way and live and live live not Die like Anakin, live, live on, rise. But no, in the end, he dies. And this character, for so much of the films, who has been accepting that she comes from nothing, but she is still worth it, instead takes on that lineage. And we are basically told that the last line in the film determines the title. When She's hearing the Jedi call to her to rise. Rise, Rey, rise. And then she identifies as a Skywalker in the end. In the third act of the film, we are basically being told she's a Skywalker now and she's rising. Rise of Skywalker. (sighs) I think, from a narrative standpoint and from a thematic standpoint... It would have been so much more, be- so much better, and so much more impactful if it had just been Ben, Ben's story. She has a story. She has a place. Yes, she is important. She is a main character. She should have agency and power and be able to make choices and have a place in the story. But you leave her with this lineage. And alone. Yes, yes. You can argue she's not alone. Yes, she has friends now. And. Sure, she feels happy, or she seems happy, which, if I was her, I wouldn't be. I would be devastated about after everything that's just happened to me. But, like, you still left her on Tatooine. The title of the track for that scene is, like, a new home. A new home. And you're telling me Tatooine is her new home. She's living alone with BB-8. Well, because... Who knows why Poe decided to give him up, I don't know. But, like, she's now living alone on Tatooine. Uh, it's, it's, it's leaving her where, where she started. And you can say, like, oh, she's a Skywalker, she feels surrounded by people, she's taking on this lineage, and she's not alone, she's found her place in all this. She did not need a lineage to find her place in all this. She found her place. She found someone she believed in. She found a connection with someone. She found, and even outside of Ben, she found a place. She accepted herself and her place. She accepted it in Last Jedi. And that was all taken away in this film. And I think that is so, so unfortunate. Now, let's get into Ben. Okay. 
I've had eight days to process this. I, like I said earlier, I remember mourning Kanan. I loved every single character in Rebels so, so, so much. And then when these films came out, I came to love these characters so much too. I came to love Rey, Ben, Finn. I love all of them. And I've gotten so, especially through TLJ, I had grown so connected to his story, to his character, to his journey, that it made this, it made what happened so much more devastating than it already was. <sighs> so in this film, we are immediately thrust back into, it's to be expected because it was kind of foreshadowed in the way that he acted at the Battle of Crete, but we still see conflict at him in the end. But in this film, we are immediately thrust back into, I just need Rey to turn, I just need to lead and be Supreme Leader in Dark Side, blah, 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 blah. and yes, I can understand, I wrote Fix, where I'm like, okay, yeah, sure, it makes sense that maybe he will be like that, because he's still, he's still set in that mindset where he believes that's what's right, and that's, like, a lot of people say, like, oh, what does the mask represent, like, the mask was pointless, like, you can at least say, like, the cracks in the mask are kind of him still trying, attempting to take on this role that he believes is right and he believes is best and he believes he should. But the cracks, in a way, represent the fact that he's broken, in a way. That he's still torn. That he's taking on a role still at this point, but he's, like, not taking it on in the way he did before. He's too broken and torn by everything that's happened, that he's, it's kind of like when you're impersonating a role, but you're not, like, fully in that mindset, in that role. And I think, though it was so brief, some people believe they literally could have skipped over the whole mask thing and it would have made a difference, but I see, I do see that through that, with the thematic standpoint, the cracks and the mask, that it does play a part in that, at least, when you look at it. And it does, I think, give some reasoning for why he acts the way he does in the beginning. Because it does, like, like reflect that trying to play a role, but not fitting in that role because of um, being torn apart and being caught in this, this belief that you're doing what's best when you're not. Oh, boy. It's it's all still so heavy. It's it's uh I don't know. I knew this would be hard. I knew this would be hard. So going beyond that, his connection to Ray, a lot of people, we included, did notice how the force bond did kind of change in this film. One of the most obvious things we pointed out is the change in environment for Ray. That was definitely the strangest part. Also, I, the other day, in my emotionally distraught state, I was watching TLJ clips on YouTube and reading people's comments about, like, why am I watching these? It's just making me more emotional and liking them because, like, that's literally me. But I was re-watching them and I was re-watching the clips of their force bond 
And the way that Ryan executes it is so good. The way that the sound, that sound effect where all the sound is just sucked up and sucked away and sucked out and then it's just echoey and empty and hollow and you feel that connection. You feel that they are in this time and space and like it's just them in this moment being connected. But in this film, you get it where you don't get that kind of transition. You get a transition, but like it's in a way that I feel is not as effective as the way it's executed in Last Jedi. And while people, like, while you can say that it's because of the Force Bond being stronger, that they can, like, cross between, can fully cross between environments and all, and crashing through objects and all of this, it's still, like, it just felt odd that it was suddenly like that. With, like, no development. Because if you're gonna put Kylo, if you're gonna put him in this moment, in this place where he's still, like, in this role, following these beliefs, but torn, that's no different than he has been before, and Rey is obviously still so trapped in her conflicted feelings about his choices in Last Jedi. We don't know what's changed, and clearly, I, I agree with some other people who have said this as well, it feels like they're not surprised when it starts, so there's been speculation that they have been communicating in this way in between the films. So, but because we don't have that knowledge, and because their positions in this moment seem to be so similar to what we've already seen, it doesn't really give that proper development to why the Force Bond would be any different now than it was in Last Jedi, and I think that's that's why it's the most strange. However, we did get the she's in my quarters moment. And yes, yes to that. Thank you. Like, okay, we just like tried to hang on to like every, let's be honest, all of us, we tried to hang on to every Raylo moment we got in this film and like hold on to it to dear, for dear life because like, Let's be honest, that's, that's what we need to do now. It's barely sustaining me. So, yes, that was great. And I'm glad we got that. But th those are just my thoughts on the Force Bond in this moment. Alright, so moving on with him. So outside of the Force Bond and the Crack Mask, he continues this role and his beliefs of her needing to turn and join him. But it's very, very clear that he just wants this. He doesn't want to hurt her. He's very, very clearly in their battle on the Death Star. He's very clearly on the defensive, not the offensive. She's clearly, throughout the battle, the one on the offensive. And he's doing his best to only... And he's doing his best to only defend... Fend off her attacks and not attack her. And... Ah, oh, it just emotionally is like, oh my god, ah, oh, it kills me. And I think it's it's definitely going back to that scene I also noted, we've all noted that like the but I do line is not in this film. It's tragic, it hurts me, especially because that was like the biggest reaction for all of us when we read all the trailer, especially me. God, if you go back and watch my, rea my reaction to that line in the trailer, holy crap, I freaked out. But 
we did still get the, um, I did want to take your hand, Ben's hand moment, and holy crap, my emotions were so high in that moment, and then it kept going, that entire, this scene, I love this scene, okay, I know some people feel mixed about the scene, but personally, I love this scene, out of the whole movie, besides, obviously, the stuff I'll get to in the end, uh, like, in the last sequence, in the, in the, in the kiss and everything, besides that stuff, this scene, this whole scene, definitely one of my favorite moments in the film, because the only thing I will note is, and I'll talk about this more later, so we all noticed, like, that there was a lack of dialogue um, between Ray and Ben in this film. And it was quite, quite unfortunate. Because most, like, all of their dialogue is taking place when he's still so fully in this mindset of needing to still be Kylo Ren in the mask, Kylo Ren needing her to turn, all of that. Like, that's when, like, all of their conversation takes place. There's no communication during the battle. And yes, their battle, it's still emotionally impactful and char- and emotionally charging as you see, like, the way he's on the defensive and stuff and their reactions and it's still powerful. But their lack of dialogue, it's so unfortunate. It's so unfortunate. It's like you wait for them to start talking, but they don't. And then even when she tells him that she wants to take Ben's hand, she leaves they don't say anything. She just leaves. And he's, and then, like I said, I love the next scene. But it's still so unfortunate, the lack of dialogue they got. So then the next scene. The scene with Han and Ben. Oh boy, it was an emotional one. Like, I was not expecting at all for this time. Like, I still remember when, like, Harrison Ford was at the carpet, like, the blue carpet and... At first, my family was like, why is he there? And then I'm like, oh, it's probably just because, like, everyone's here. Because, like, the Mandalorian cast is here and the Rebels cast is here. And, like, everyone's here. It's just a big party. But then when he's in the film, I'm like, oh, that's another reason why. (laughs) But, like, this scene and the ties back to TFA. Well, a lot of people are like, oh, you guys just, it's just to show the people um, show the peop- show everyone that, like, the reasons behind, um, why Kylo made the choices he did in TFA and tried to drive home those points that people may not have noticed before. But outside of that, I just, the scene itself, the tie, the callbacks and the emotional weight of it, I think is powerful enough on its own where no matter your other thoughts about the scene, I think, personally, it's, it's a great emotional buildup and it's a great moment. And while many people thought, like, he was going to heal his crystal, just that power that comes when he launches the lightsaber, like, oh my god, that whole scene was so emotional and so power, emotion-driven, It was just, it was crazy. It was so crazy. Oh dear. 
And then we get Ben freaking solo, like the best freaking sequence. That whole sequence where he's running and fighting the um, Knights of Ren. Oh my freaking god, it is the best freaking time. Like, I remember as soon as he showed up, I was like freaking out. And like I said, I was like, honestly, the god, like one of the only realos in my theater. And honestly, even one of the only people who seemed to want him to be redeemed in that theater. So I was was losing it and everyone around me is just like oh no <laughs> so that's this is another tie into why the environment I feel like it was just a damper for me I was just like well none of you other people feel the same way I do well this this sucks <laughs> but that whole sequence oh my god it's so good and then everyone's like pointing out all the connections to Han Solo and with his body his body movements and mannerisms and stuff and oh my god, it's just, it's it's so, so good, and it, despite the lack of dialogue we got from Ben Solo, Adam Driver's acting throughout, like, the next portion of this movie up until, till his death, it's so good, like, his acting in this movie, period, is amazing, but, like, oh my god, he is able to take this, because he does not get, like, any dialogue for the rest of the film other than freaking ow <laughs> which by the way that is so depressing that his last line is ow and I will never ever 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 get over that because like what the frick um but he's able to sell everything so well with his acting and his facials and his acting and oh it's just it's so so good and then Ray is with Palpatine, and that moment when she realizes he's there, and it's just, like, all the tension and the heart, and, like, my heart was beating so fast this whole- I, like I said, I avoided it all and any leaks once I, um, once the premiere thing started, but I did see- that, like, one leak, I, did, I was on Facebook, and there was, like, a link, and they were like, oh, this is a major leak, I think, but, like, click it at your own peril, and I clicked it, because I'm like, what the frick, what do I have to lose, and it was the shot of them with the lightsabers, and, like, me and so other, many other people thought it was photoshopped, thought it was fake, and I even thought it was fake, but then I remember when I saw it in the theater, I freaked out, I'm like, oh my god, that leak was real? <laughs> I was like, well, crap, I actually have been spoiled for a long time, and I thought that was the only thing I'd be spoiled on, no, 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 but like, so I saw that leak, so like, it wasn't like, I thought it was fake, so if, if anything, it was just validating in that moment. I was just like, I didn't care that I saw the leak. I was just like, oh, yes! Oh, yes, it's there! It's beautiful! <laughs> so, but, seeing them fight together, oh, it was so good. And then, but then he throws, that moment when he throws Ben into the pit, I almost screamed. I was like, what the fudge? Because I... So much of me feared in that moment. I don't know what it was, but I feared that in that moment that was, like, the end. I don't know why. I just felt like he wasn't coming back after that, so I was already, like, starting to tear up. I was like, what the fudge? So J.J. Abrams is just gonna throw him into a pit and that's it? Like, I was like, what is he just trying to, like, thematically reflect how the Emperor is thrown in a pit and now you're just gonna throw freaking Ben Solo in a pit? Like, what the fudge? Like, is he just gonna die in a, like, falling down like his dad? Or I was just, like, so 
triggered that, like, I didn't even, like, I couldn't even, like, focus on the next sequence because I was just so confused and overwhelmed. So, like, when, like, the whole sequence is happening with, like, the Jedi voices and everything, I'm just sitting there the whole time being like, where is Ben Solo? Give me back Ben Solo. I want him back. I was, like, crying because I'm like, this is supposed to be, like, his, like, moment with her and la la la. I was like, I need him here. I need him here. And then I, like, I love both Ben and Rick. Like, I love both of their characters, and I love them together. And don't get me wrong, I love Rey, and I'm so happy she got her moment to shine, and she got to rise, and, like, be powerful. But I just, I can not emotionally focus on that moment. But, like, I'm, by the, like, by the time I, like, snapped out of it, she was, like, dead. And I was like, what the fudge happened? Like, I saw everything. Like, I'm like, oh, she's using the lightsaber. She's, like, the light the last. Which, by the way, so much of the promotional material was, like, about Kylo and Rey crossing their sabers. And, like, yeah, it was just Rey crossing them alone. And, like, okay, but it contradicts all the promotional material, but whatever. So, and I think, I think, I think they noted, I think that was MC who noted that, but I noticed that too. I was like, what the fudge? This is, or, or either Tyra MC said that on their podcast, but, like, I was like, yes, I know, I noticed that too. And it's just like, I don't know. I, I was so proud of Ray, but, like, I was just so emotionally, like, confused about where Ben Solo was. I'm like, give me back Ben Solo. And I, like, as soon as I saw his hand, I, like, oh my god, I died. I was like, he's still here! He's still here and he's going to, like, help her. And I was like, I, in that moment, like, when he was crawling towards her and you saw how, like, weak and broken he was, that was the moment when I was like, no way you were not because not only da- did like i fear that like if you re-listen to my my um if you re-listen to my trailer breakdown episode i say towards the end i'm like because we think that th- because that thing might happen but we really hope it won't and i was referring to his death I had feared it. I had seen people fear it. I feared it myself. I was petrified of it. And in that moment when I saw him crawling on the ground and he kept falling over and he was so broken and he was crawling towards her, I was like, fudge, no, you are not. Like, for a second, in my, like, desperation, I'm like, are they both gonna die? I was like, what the fudge, J.J. Abrams, are you doing this? I was just, like, so emotionally tense. And then he, like, when he's healing her, I could not stop thinking about Clone Wars. And in that moment about how, like, um, the daughter gives up her life uh, for Ahsoka. And I was like, fudge, no, you were not doing that. You were not. That's all, like... I, like, I saw it coming, but, like, I was just so happy, and then, like, when her hand covers his, and then they, they get their kiss, and, and he smiles, and he's, she's touching his cheek, and it's, it's so freaking wonderful, and I was, I was so happy, and I was, I was, like, telling the guys around me who were booing to shut up, because I wanted to have my moment, because I feared what was coming, like, I feared 
And even though I had all of this fear of this happening, when it happened, I was still so shocked. I, I was so in the moment that I didn't even, like, realize what was happening. Because, like, when he fell, I, like, my heart, like, I don't even, I can't, I can't even remember how I felt in that moment. Because... It was just so overwhelming. This entire... Because like I said, this movie is so jam-packed with stuff that in that moment, everything... And not just this movie itself is jam-packed, but this last, like, five minutes was so full. And you get that, like, brief moment when he's looking around for help... When Ben is looking around for help before he heals her, you get... A brief moment of breath, but it's not enough because I was so, so emotionally charged in that moment that even that, like, time, it wasn't enough. It, like, passed by so fast. And then he disappeared, and I just sat there in shock. And then he disappeared, and he he was gone, and I was like, oh my god, JJ actually did that. Where the fudge did he go? And... I was, it was just, no, I do not need to get more in the details of how emotionally devastated and crushed I was in that moment. It was so bad. Thank God I had this beanie to, like, cover up my emotions so I wasn't laughed at more or just generally to hide in because I was so overwhelmed. Oh, jeez. It was just, and it was so hard because we weren't even given proper time, like, with, like, with Kanan's death, the episode ended, and then with the next episode, we got an entire episode dedicated to the mourning him, but with this, there's no time given. We get, like, a second, and then we're immediately thrust back into happy, fun times, and uh, it's just so hard, and not to see her mourn at all, it's so, it makes it so much harder. Because you see this character, these characters and the connection they have. And in that moment when you don't even get to see her properly mourn him, it's so hard. And then this goes back to what we have been doing lately. Lately, as we've been experiencing the processes of grief, we are in a form of denial. We're not denying, but we're like... Lately, a large part of the community has been putting together, digesting the scene, and in regards to multiple endings, change endings, what was really happening, just the editing of the scene, and how he was, he should be rising instead of falling, and oh, just everything, like, like there's so much on Twitter I don't want to make this too long, so I won't go too deep into it, but, like, we've, it's all over Twitter, but we've been, like, digesting this and using this as a way of coping, I guess, because just because we're so overwhelmed by the fact that this happened and so confused why it happened, that's why we've been taking the scene and processing it and, and trying to determine what was supposed to happen or what was changed, and there's, like, I watched an edit of it last night. And, oh my god, it hurts so bad, like, because Leia disappears when he does. The way they edited it, they made it so she disappeared after he rised again. Like, she gave her final life force to him. And, 
Holy crap, it hurt, it stung. I have literally probably like done more harm than good to myself because I have been like reading fanfic, watching like f fan edits. I have in a way been like using more emotion to emotionally process, which has been really like a strange process because I, I guess I kind of did a similar thing with Kanan because I, I read fanfic and I watched it edit, but, like, it's, I guess that's just my way of processing, because, like, while it made me, like, so emotional, like, I couldn't, I had to go a couple days before I read a fic because I just, I, I couldn't, like, I started reading one at one point, I was, like, because I told myself during my winter break, I was, it was finally my time to read fic, so I started to read one the other day, and I was, like, I literally had to put it down, because I was, like, I cannot do this yet, but I've been processing, and... I feel like this, along with race lineage, was one of the, like, most negative choices. Hope is, like, the biggest theme in Star Wars. This ending does not leave you with hope. While, yes, Rey says she's a Skywalker, she's on Tatooine, she looks at the suns, but you're still left with that emptiness, because he's gone. He's lost. Like, the last Skywalker is dead. He, yes, he sacrificed himself for the one he loved, and that's powerful, but he did not deserve to die as a result. When Rey was at her lowest, and she didn't know what to do, and she was laying on the ground in pain, the Jedi came to help her. When Ben Solo came to help Ray when he made so many choices, when he'd gone through so much in his life, in that one moment where he didn't even need to help himself, he wanted to help her. He was not given any assistance. He was left alone to make the only choice he knew he could make, as he, Ray, had taught him pretty much what he did with the healing earlier in the film. He did all that he knew he could do. And he sacrificed himself for her. But in the end, we don't see her mourn. We see her through the track name and through the visuals, basically starting a new life where she looks fine. And it's like, it's so hard. And not only that, but this ties into not only the, there's not only the theme of hope in Star Wars, but Star Wars also talks about redemption. And with the redemption of Anakin, the, and with the redemption of Vader into Anakin, a Anakin loses his life in the end, and he dies. And now, with Ben, he dies too. So you're left with this, like, weight and negative feeling that even if you, like, redeem yourself, or even if you redeem yourself, you're only going to, like, your life will end. It doesn't leave you with hope. So, because what's the point of hoping something will change if they only lose their life and then, like, yes, they help protect those they care about, but, like, Luke and Ray, but in the end, they only lose their lives. I have seen so many comments from parents talking about kids who love him too, bawling after the movie, asking their parents why he's gone. You do not want the future generations to go to a film and be 
reacting in this way. It does not give the future generations hope. It only leaves them with despair. It teaches them that characters who grow and change and learn can still be punished in this way. It's hard. This is why I felt so numb, if anything. This film was the final film in a saga to close out not just the stories of the characters in these films, but the story but the stories that have wrapped themselves throughout this entire saga. This saga gave us two times of redemption and two times where redemption led to death. A family, a lineage, was continuously punished and torn and killed off. Every single one of them died and was negatively influenced, whether it be Snoke, whether it be Palpatine, manipulation and devastation tore this family apart until they were all gone. And now, a person who is related to the person who began the destruction of their lineage is taking on their name. I love her. I love Rey. But... That does not leave us with a good thematic finality. I felt numb. I felt confused. I try, I've been trying to process for days listening to podcasts what we're taking away. What is... This saga left us with so much, yet it's left us so numb. It's left us so empty. It's left us grieving and feeling pain and unable to process so much. And so many arcs were weakened by this film. So much was left empty. So while, yes, I found enjoyment in this film, and this film had moments I love and will hold in my heart so dearly, it ultimately left us with pain. It left us with loss. It left us with confusion. And it left us with the end of a saga that for me and many others, does not feel final, does not feel complete. It doesn't feel complete because of the way it ended. And I don't know what more I could say, because I can't change what happened. I can't change the choices that were made. Yes, we can hope that they release deleted scenes, or they have the alternate endings, we can hope that perhaps there are there's more stories and or films or TV shows in the future that perhaps clear any of this up or bring us more hope as Star Wars has and I hope will continue to but at this moment the hope is just gone it's gone I don't know it's I feel like it'll take me a lot longer than a week to process exactly how I feel about this film. I'm not ready to rank my films. I'm not ready to determine my fi final thoughts on this film. I'm still so conflicted in so many ways because because like I said, I did find moments I enjoyed in this film and I saw I saw things that were powerful, but I also saw so much, so much that just felt so wrong and didn't fit, didn't fit the characters, the myth, the themes, the stories. I don't know what more I can say, but like, I want to repeat again, like I said earlier, 
if you enjoyed this film, you are valid. I found moments in this film I enjoyed. And if you still see hope, if you, in the end of this film, see hope, I respect that. And I am glad that you found a film that you enjoyed and that you saw what you and saw what you wanted to see. And in many ways, many of us who have disagreements with the film did see things we want to see. Like, it's like, Raylos, we won, but at what cost? But at what cost? So in the end, as I close this out, I want to say that I, this saga as a whole, I loved it. And this film, I'm conflicted. I'm really conflicted. I don't know how to feel. But I do see that this film has problems. It has weaknesses and it has negative effects on the themes that were previously established. I encourage you to listen to other people who both liked and disliked the film, take them their opinions, respect their opinions. If someone fights you, that is not right. If someone respectfully disagrees with you, that is good. I implore you, if you had things you disliked about this film, like me, please, please do not attack others. And even if they attack you, save what you love, don't fight what you hate. I'm saying this because it's been so hard for me to admit to myself that I had things about this film I disliked because it's so hard for me to acknowledge that because I want to love Star Wars so wholly and so open-heartedly and I don't want to be anyone who crushes on someone's love of something. And I hope in listening to this, I didn't destroy your love of something. I hope, if anything, you understand my opinions and my feelings and I hope that we can still move forward and continue to enjoy Star Wars as I hope to. And as we continue to process and mourn or process our enjoyment or process any other feelings we feel, I hope that we at least as a community continue to support each, each individual in any way. The fandom will still is here, and the fandom in many ways has shown so much support to me in my life and with Star Wars and who I've seen with others supporting each other. If you listen to this and you also feel pain from this film or are struggling to process, I am here. If you enjoyed this film and you want to discuss something with me, I am also here. If you are mixed about this film, like me in many ways, I am here to talk to you. I just want to establish that I am here. I, I, no one messaged me to attempt to warn me about what was happening or anything, and I understand. I'm glad, if anything, that kept me from being spoiled. But I want to acknowledge that I'm here, because I want people to reach out to me if they feel like they have to. Anyway, I, that's about all I can say for now. I, like I said before, I, it's a lot to process. It's been more than a week, and I'm still processing. I know many people say that sounds ridiculous, and believe me, even my own family doesn't realize how attached I can get to fictional characters. However, everything is valid, 
and it should be okay to mourn or to feel lost or to feel anything that you feel. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope next episode I don't sound so depressed. I hope to release more content soon in the future. But yeah, in the end, that's it. Thank you for listening, and I hope you all come back next time and we can continue to discuss Star Wars together. Bye!